0: Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown.
1: If you're a small business owner, we want to hear from you about how the COVID-19 pandemic has affected your company. How much debt have you taken on? Will you survive the pandemic? 416 360 740 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740 Joining us to look at the big picture, Julie Kwasinski, Director of Provincial Affairs for Ontario at the Canadian Federation of Independent Business. Julie, hi.
2: Thank you for asking CFIB to participate today, Jane. We always enjoy being on the show.
1: Great. Well, you recently conducted a survey of 4,500 business owners. What did you find out?
2: Well, we have some very interesting numbers for the province of Ontario. So there's a lot of figures here, so I'll try to be very clear when I convey them. So first of all, we've been asking members every week, and that will be every two weeks, three simple questions so we can gauge how it changes over time. Mm -hmm. The first question is, are you fully open? 49% said yes. Now that's of course before we have Ontario's stage 3 openings that start this Friday. We also asked them about whether their staffing levels are normal and 32% said that they are back to normal staffing levels, and we also asked them whether or not they're back at normal revenues. And for Ontario, that number was a staggeringly low number of only 20% being back to normal revenues.
1: Wow! And those yeah. those are so that good. tells you something. Sure,
2: that tells you that Ontario businesses are starved for revenue, and we all know a lot of these businesses, Jane, they've been closed zero revenue but bills are piling up so what does that mean we've now discovered our latest stat when we surveyed our members it's an estimate of course that the total small business debt in ontario due solely to covid 19 is a whopping 49.9 billion dollars
1: and in terms of individual small businesses, what kind of debt are they looking at? That's sort of easier for us to digest. Oh, yes. On
2: average in Ontario, small businesses, and again, solely due to COVID-19 and nothing else, average debt of $152,000 per small business. Now, that is huge for a small business.
1: It is. When you think about a lot of small business owners take even very little salary. Imagine losing $135,000 or being in debt by that much. When in yeah. a normal year, they don't even take that big of a paycheck.
2: Oh, absolutely. That's a big chunk of change. And you're looking, we also ask them, given that they have this monstrous debt, um, we ask them how they're financing the revenue shortfalls and extra costs. And Very telling numbers too, Jane. 43% in Ontario are relying on their personal savings,
1: Mm
2: -hmm. 36% on credit cards, 19% on bank loans, 13% retirement savings, mortgages 10%, and even loans from families and friends at 10%. So you can see the need for small business support to make sure that your favorite neighborhood businesses make it to the other side of COVID-19.
1: No, absolutely. Um, Do you get a sense from your small business owners how long they can carry on using these other forms of uh, finances uh, before they have to say it's just not going to work out? Well,
2: that is a great question. So there's a couple of stats I'd like to throw out. I hope I'm not overbearing your listeners with numbers, but they do help paint the true picture. So first of all, um, we also discovered that three quarters of Ontario's small businesses have taken on debt. So that's one fact. And 67% of those, so that's a huge majority, that have taken on debt say that it will take more than a year to pay it off. Mm -hmm. So on top of that, there's another interesting stat that I just dug up for your show that I thought your your listeners would be interested in. We've also asked our members if they're actively considering winding down their business or going bankrupt. And in Ontario, 16.4% said yes. Now, to give that some context, Jane, that number is normally only 1%. So at first glance, you say, oh, 16.4%, what 16.4%, what does that mean? It sure means a heck of a lot when that bankruptcy number usually is around 1% and no higher.
1: Right. I mean, when you consider the unemployment rate, uh, what's happened to it, it doesn't approach 16%. It's getting close to that, but th- that kind of gives you an apples-to-apples comparison
2: absolutely and again there's no playbook for how to fix this Um, in history it would be nice if there was a book cole's 101 version on how to survive a pandemic but reality doesn't dictate that and here you have small businesses that have been closed or almost closed and the rent is still due the hydro is still due and even if their lights aren't on, they still have to pay a, a, a delivery charge. So bills are coming from left, right, and center, even though the store is closed, and how is the business owner supposed to survive? And that's why it's really critical that there's some good programs out there that need some tweaking, well-intentioned programs, like the weight subsidy program, And, um, an emergency business account loan program. There's a rent subsidy program. Um, and if these programs were tweaked to allow the businesses that have fallen through the cracks, it would go a long way towards their recovery. And we've actually been urging the federal government, Jane, to seriously take these programs and retool them for recovery. And I'll give you one example. The wage subsidy program pays 75% of an employee's salary up to $847 a week. Yes. And that's been extended now to December. December. Right. So here's the problem, and this is why it needs retooling. Right now, there is a 30% revenue loss test that you must meet to get this funding. So, imagine if you're recovering and you're generating some revenues, that threshold's going to cause a problem. So, why not eliminate it entirely or make it more of a staged a staged revenue loss test mm-hmm. so thereby more people could apply and if you're trying to get people off the serb program then Ideally, they could move back into work, and then the employer can get 75% of the employee's salary through this wage subsidy program. And, I mean, the other one is a rent assistance program. So the problem with that one, I'm not sure if your listeners are aware, um, for this rent program, now the Ontario government has put in $241 million for this federal-provincial rent program. But here's the problem. There's a 70% minimum revenue loss criteria for the tenants to qualify. 70%. So if you're going back into business and you're starting to get revenue, that could uh, that could be a problem. It could jeopardize it, yeah. Too, I mean, that program is uh, we're waiting for it to be extended. We've asked for it to go further. Um, into the fall because right now um, it only is supposed to happen for July and that's it.
1: I'm speaking with Julie Kwasinski, Director of Provincial Affairs for Ontario at the Canadian Federation of Independent Business. Uh, Julie, when you were outlining uh, where small businesses were uh, compensating for their revenue shortfalls, I noticed you didn't ask about any of the federal programs, is that do you have an indication of whether they are being taken advantage of by a certain percentage of small businesses? Oh, absolutely. Now, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I
2: can tell you the most favorite programs. The number one is the loan program. It's called SEBA, Canada Emergency Business Account. So right now, under that program, you can get a loan of $40,000, and if you pay it off by a certain date, you can get 25% forgiven or 10000 So we're saying to the government, the federal government, why not elevate that to 60000 and allow 50% rent forgiveness as part, uh, pardon me, I said rent forgiveness, I meant uh, loan forgiveness, mm-hmm. as part of a program that's retooled for recovery. So that's the one that our businesses really, really like. And secondly, they also like the wage subsidy program. But we've been hearing that many more would apply if they reduce that revenue loss test
1: Now eliminated it. Now, the Canadian Federation of Independent Business has a lot of pull. What kind of reaction are you getting from the federal government regarding your suggestions about tweaking these programs?
2: Well, it's interesting that you should mention that. Um, We heard yesterday, um, and this is just something that I I heard through the media, so other people might have heard it as well, that the Senate of Canada is recommending a sliding scale for both the wage subsidy program and I believe also the CERB program, the Canada Emergency um, Response Benefit. Yes. So, I have to check in with my colleagues for the Ottawa team, but I can tell you uh, they've been working fast and furious to to get the government to move on these things. And we have seen a lot of success because these programs in their original form were a lot different. The government has gradually made changes, especially to the SIBA loan program, And those changes have allowed for more and more businesses to qualify. But unfortunately, they need to go further. We are still hearing every day, Jane, from businesses that are falling through the cracks. And I think the sad part in all this is these are really good intention programs. And they've already been set up. So you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Why not just tweak what you have and more people? can get involved and more businesses can benefit, especially now. Governments need to be forward-thinking. How do we take what we have and retool it for recovery? How do we help small businesses get to the other side of COVID-19? Very important questions.
1: We only have a couple more minutes here with you, Julie. Obviously, the most important part of a thriving small business is to have great customers. How can customers help out small businesses or tailor their shopping so that they are uh, moving away from the bigger stores, the bigger chain stores and supporting their local businesses?
2: Great question, Jane. Thank you. I encourage your listeners to check out www.smallbusinesseveryday.ca where consumers will find information on shop local campaigns, which is very, very important. We're encouraging everyone, when you're walking out the door to buy something, think local first, shop local first, and get involved in our campaign, hashtag small business everyday to tell us how important it is to you to be able to get service and goods from your local businesses.
1: And why is it so good for the economy to have a thriving small business community?
2: Well, most people will know that small businesses are the engine of Ontario's economy. That's an oft-used phrase. It's very true. And I'll give you a Stats Canada Labour Force number, 88.3% of private sector jobs, in Ontario, are created by a small or medium business. That's uh, a telling stat, Jane.
1: It absolutely is. Uh, And in terms of uh, small business owners out there listening, looking for guidance, assistance, uh, would you be able to provide that kind of help to to people listening who have their own businesses?
2: Absolutely. Call 1-888-234-2232. And one of our lovely experts, Business resource counselors will take the call, and you don't even have to be a member. Right now, we're also helping businesses who are non-members through the COVID-19 pandemic. Okay,
1: let's get that number one more time, a little slowly. Sure. one eight 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 two three four two two three two. 234 2232 Great information. Julie, thanks so much for your time today. Uh,
2: a pleasure. And thanks again for asking CFIB to participate, Jane. Okay, Julie.
1: Love your energy. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, Jane. Julie Kwasinski, Director of Provincial Affairs for Ontario at the Canadian Federation of Independent Business.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one.